Welcome to the Mind Over Matter podcast with Heather Hakes, where mindset is everything. Thank you for joining me for today's podcast. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe and leave me a review. This podcast is designed to help open your awareness to the truth of who you are, a limitless being. You are worthy and deserving of an abundant and prosperous life. It's time to peel back the false beliefs and live the life you dream about. For additional resources or to contact me directly, please visit my website, heatherhakes.com. Without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to episode number 536. In today's podcast, my guest is sharing with you seven steps on how to get out of your own way. Now, this is a pattern and a topic I talk about all of the time. In fact, I had a conversation with somebody this week who said literally her words, I am my own worst enemy. If you can relate to this, this episode is for you. I want you to know and I want to remind you that you can have, be, and do anything you desire in this lifetime, but you've got to remove those blocks and self-imposed boundaries in order to experience all that you desire. Welcome to today's podcast interview. I brought on Byron Morrison. Byron, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me here. Please give the listeners a little background. Where do you live and what do you do? So my name is Byron Morrison. I'm the author of the book, Maybe You Should Give Up, Seven Ways to Get Out of Your Own Way and Take Control of Your Life. Um, I'm based in the UK, but at this point in my journey, I've been fortunate now to work with people in 15 different countries, all with the focus on helping them break through the barriers that are holding them back from getting to the next level of success. And you speak my language. I'm stoked to have you on today for exactly that. And, you know, with your new book, maybe you should give up. There was one thing that caught my eye, and it's kind of the subtitle, Seven Ways to Get Out of Your Own Way. And this is something that I preach often. But before we go there, maybe we can teach some foundational principles, you know, what mindset is, how thoughts become things, how that we are the creator of our reality. Can we start basics? Yeah, the place I'd love to start is just talking to people about why they actually get stuck in their own head and hold themselves back. Because what anyone listening to us right now needs to understand that your brain has been wired for quantity of life. And what that means, it's been programmed in a way that it wants to survive, it doesn't want to thrive, it wants to keep everything the same, the same amount of weight on your body, the same types of relationships, the same amount of happiness, wealth and joy. It wants to keep everything the same because everything in your past has been survived, which your goals, your dreams, your aspirations, they're all new. And that's why they bring with them an inherent risk. And that's why whenever you start making progress, your brain panics because it's scared of the unknown and it fills your head with all of these doubts, these sabotaging thoughts and negative uh, fears because it wants to keep you stuck. And that's why mindset's so powerful because until you change the way that you think, you're never going to actually reach your potential. Okay, on that note, ultimately what we're talking about is the comfort zone or as Dr. Joe Dispenza describes it, the known. And you're right, our... our We're wired for safety. The ego wants to keep us safe. That's its job, which is great when we're being chased by a bear. But when we want happiness, freedom, abundance, things outside of the known. So what's coming to mind, I don't know if you've heard this talked about before, but Ed Milet is the first one I I heard explain it. Think of our set point, our current identity, our comfort zone as a thermostat. So if our set point is 75 degrees, the known, that's what we're comfortable with. For example, 
Um, 70% of lottery winners. So people that win that millions of dollars, multi-million dollar jackpots blow it all within three to five years because of their set point, their thermostat. So can we talk about the importance of number one, what is your identity and how to create an identity shift to create the business success, financial success, happiness, relationships, health that everybody is seeking? How do you do that? Pardon the interruption. If this content is resonating with you, please be sure to leave a five-star review. I want to offer you some additional resources. Visit my website, heatherhakes.com, and sign up for my free video training on how to reprogram your subconscious mind. I also offer one-on-one coaching. I will help you create clarity and a roadmap so you can live the life you dream about. Best part? Everything I teach, you can start implementing right now. To learn more and apply, visit heatherhakes.com. Now, back to regular programming. Yeah, so the first thing you need to understand is that, as you said, we all have an identity. And at its basic form, this is the way that you view yourself. It's how you believe the way that life has to be, who you are, what you can and can't do. And back to what I spoke about with your subconscious mind and the way it's wired, you want it when your brain wants to keep you consistent with that identity. And this is often why you're stuck, because the habits, behaviors, and routines that got you to where you are aren't going to get you to that next level. And that's why every new level of success requires a new level of you. So you need to make a change on an identity level. And the way that you do that, and anyone listening to us right now can do it, is you need to think about the vision of the life that you want to create. And then you need to get an image in your mind of the person that you became in order to make that happen. Really get that image and then ask yourself, what did they do every single day to get them to where they are? What habits did they create? What routines did they develop? What non-negotiables did they follow through with that helped them turn that vision into reality? That's going to help you create a blueprint to really figure out these are the changes you need to make to actually become that best version of yourself. And then the key thing is you have to start pushing yourself to show up as that person in everything that you do rather than relying on willpower or motivation or feeling like doing things. Yeah. Whenever you're in a challenging situation, you have to ask yourself, what would the person I want to become do right now? And you have to push yourself to take, take take that action because you reprogram your subconscious mind by constantly being aware of the changes you want to make and then pushing yourself to take action on it. So it's coming to mind, somebody, for example, let's say for easy math, they make $100,000 a year. That's their known, but they want to make $500,000 a year. So somebody who's never had that conditional state that they desire they might be thinking, well, I've never made 500 grand. I've never been married. I've never started a business. So how can I start being and doing the things that that person would have if I've never been there? So the thought that came to mind is find evidence, find somebody who's already done the thing and learn how they're doing it, right? Yeah. Um, I know you're also a big fan of Tony Robbins. And one of my favorite quotes from him is success leaves clues. And if you have a look at the people who've really achieved the results that you want, it's going to allow you to see the changes you need to make. But also, I always advise to people, work in 90-day sprints, because while it's great to have a vision of where you want to be 12 months or five years from now, yeah. the reality is so much can change. And this is why if you really think about, okay, that's a rough idea of where I want to be, where would I have to be in 90 days to be on track? 
you can then have a tangible outcome to aim for. You can think, okay, if I wanted to go from 100,000 to 500,000, then what do I need to do in the next 90 days to make 125K? What do I need to do to lose X amount of weight or launch this business? Whatever it is, you can get tangible objectives and then you can know, okay, this is what I need to focus on this week. And then you can track it. You can break it down, see what worked and adapt it along the way. Yeah. So something that's coming to mind, and this is just an easy metaphor for me, I consider myself like a personal trainer for your mind. So as an example, let's talk about an identity shift. So somebody who wants to lose 100 pounds, you realize that person is, I believe, number one, you've got to become aware of why you binge eat, what what emotions you're stuffing, because those are what you got to bring to the surface. But also someone who wants to lose 100 pounds is going to have to start thinking different. They're going to have to start getting movement. It might come down to meal prepping, right? These are new habits. It's creating a lifestyle instead of, I think most people are super impatient and they're like, well, just give me the quick fix. Byron, is there a quick fix? (laughs) We both know the answer to that one. Of course not. And this is where so many people get in their own way because they want results now. But yeah. they, you have to recognize if you are 100 pounds overweight, it's probably taking you years to get to this point. It's not going to change overnight. And that's why I encourage anyone listening to this, you have to recognize that life is long and you have so much time to do these things. And if you stop trying to rush it and you learn patience and to enjoy the journey, then yeah. it doesn't matter if it takes four weeks or three months, then you're actually focusing on making lasting changes that you can stick to. And it's the same mentality, whether it's in your business, your career, your health, you have to take it in the rate that it's actually possible. But yeah, yes, have big goals and push yourself to greatness, yeah. but don't set yourself up to fail by being like, if I don't get it in a week, I failed. Like it's never going to work. Yeah, impatience is never going to get you there. Something that you just touched on is you got to have belief. Now I'll share my personal story. It's, I believe entrepreneurship is personal development on steroids. I've had to come up myself against myself a lot. So as an example, a few years ago, when I was sitting in self-doubt, imposter syndrome, and procrastination, it equaled $0 in my bank account. And I realized I was the only person who could change that outcome. And I was the only person that created it. So for me, it came down to humility. It came down to awareness, but also a lot of self-love and compassion that I wanted more for myself. And when I, when I, got clear, okay, this is self-doubt, imposter syndrome, and procrastination. Those were the three things I had to overcome in order to create the change that I was seeking. I also stopped making it about me. So when I changed my focus to, if I don't create content and do this work, I can't help 30-year-old Heather. I can't help that one person. So that's what helped me. And I'm curious if you've experienced anything similar on your journey. Yeah, I think we're all our own worst enemy. Like we get build up all these doubts and these fears and we avoid the actions we know we need to take. And one of the big lessons I've learned is the life you want is on the other side of that fear. But the reason why you're procrastinating is you're afraid of what's going to happen when you start putting yourself out there. And that's why you have to stop overthinking it. Because as entrepreneurs, it's so easy just to get pulled into busy work. Like I did this for the start of my business where I like dabble with different things, trying to convince myself I was being busy. 
but I wasn't actually being productive. Like it was all the tasks that were easy to avoid the things that were actually going to lead to growth. And that's why if you want to get to that next level, you have to get clear what's the uncomfortable action that you're avoiding taking and you have to push yourself to face it. Because when you do that, it's when your confidence goes up and you get better. But we want to feel confident before we take action and it doesn't work that way. No, action creates... Oh, I like ABC. Action builds confidence. So I'll give a real world example. I met somebody this last weekend. I was at a four day Dr. Joe Dispenza meditation retreat. And I met this woman who shared with me, because, you know, obviously I have a podcast and I was sharing with her about that. She's like, oh my gosh, you know, I really want to start one. I've been putting off for the last 18 months. And she goes on and on and on about this story. And look, she's procrastinating for 18 months. And she's like, well, I'm, I'm hoping like maybe I can launch by August 1st. And I was like, what? Why put it off another three months? Because August is going to turn into March, going to turn into maybe never. So I highly suggested create a deadline. It's going to suck to get started. Like your first many episodes might suck. Mine did. Mine were terrible. I remember writing. I literally would write out a script and then read it trying to sound like I wasn't reading it. But I got started. So, okay, let's go to before we go there. I want to hear your teachings and your understanding of the subconscious mind and how, you know, what I talk about, our mind is a mental garden. The seeds, the thoughts we think are the seeds we plant and we reap what we sow. So can you talk about the subconscious mind and how it's keeping us in these patterns? Yeah. So the way that your subconscious has been programmed is basically based on all of the experiences that you've been through in your life, the people you've been around, the environment that you grew up in, the limitations that were placed upon you. And as we're going through our younger years, most of our subconscious is formed to the point that most people just accept that that's what reality is, never stopping to question the fact that their thoughts and their beliefs are nothing more than a story. Because your subconscious is different to mind and it's different to other people. And so many people then have these ingrained limitations that hold them back. But because it's so programmed deep into their awareness, they don't stop to question what's actually going on. And this is why a lot of the time people don't live the life that they want or get the success they desire because they don't believe that it's actually possible. And it's only when you start to recognize that you can change the thoughts and beliefs in your head that you can then change your reality. Um, I'll give you a perfect real world example of this. Um, There's a client that I'm working with at the moment, and he works for a big um, company in the US, and his sales target for the last year was a million dollars. He only did $300,000 and he has believed that it wasn't possible to get there. This next year, his target was 1.3 million. And he just was like, I have no clue how I'm going to make it happen. And when we start breaking it down, he had this money mindset issue where he was spending all of his time chasing $1,000 deals. And I had to stop him and be like, what are you doing here? I was like, you're spending weeks trying to close $1,000. Like you're never going to hit 1.3 million doing that. So he started letting go of that. It was very uncomfortable. He had to put an expectation for himself. I'm not going to go for any contract below this amount. He started outsourcing all the lower ones and only focused on the whales. And he managed to sign a government contract where over the next five years, it's worth $9.2 million. So he went in a few weeks. He's hit his sales targets for like the next six, seven years. All because he changed his belief about what was possible. He stopped dabbling in tiny deals that weren't going to get him to his goals. And he put himself in positions that he could win. And this is why it's amazing. Like when you start seeing results and what's actually capable, when you actually start changing your mold of the world and the actions you take to get there. Yeah. I don't know where I heard it recently, 
It doesn't matter. But somebody was talking about money and the dollar amount and wanted you to come up with a dollar amount. And, you know, I forget the scenario. And then when she got finished speaking, she goes, okay, now triple it. So again, like your mind went to a comfortable kind of a known point, let's say 100,000. And it's like, no, now triple it. Just like this guy, uh, 1.3 mil is a lot, but he nine at times it, right? $9 million. But now this guy created... I love how Abraham Hicks says, it's as easy to manifest a castle as it is a button. $5 as it is $500 billion, right? It's the same process. It's your belief system. Yeah. And the one thing I would love to give to anyone thinking about this right now is you've got to recognize that your belief about what's possible is going to directly correlate to the actions that you're going to take. Because going back to that client example, if his goal is to hit a million, he'd be thinking in terms of actions that would help him get him there. But if he doubled that goal, then he'd start to have to rule out a lot of the smaller actions because it's not yeah. going to work. And this actually happened to me a few months ago. There's a um, someone that I really respect um, who's a kind of big mentor in the um, tech world. Him and I got on a call and I was talking to him about my upcoming book. And I said to him, like the goal for this is we want to sell at least 5,000 copies in the first week because uh, that'll help us hit Wall Street Journal. He's like, great. What would you have to do to sell 500,000 copies? And I was like, well, we'd have to probably do this, this, this. And he's like, great, go do that. And it's just like, uh. it just, it's just like a real thing, even with me. Like I'd limited my own thinking because I'd set a target and he has challenged me like, okay, but what if you had to go bigger? What would you do then? And yeah. it just, it's, this is why I'm such a big advocate that you need someone to challenge your ideas, whether it's yeah. a coach, a mentor, someone to push you to think bigger. Because even if you're really into personal development and mindset like we are, we still get trapped in those things at times. You need that outside support. Okay. But Byron, on that note, I want to hear from you because something comes to mind for me, but I want to hear from you. Now, in the business world, and a lot of us are taught, you got to hustle and grind. It's all about strategy and make shit happen. I think that's one way to do it, but I don't think that's the easiest way to do it. So I'm curious... For you to want to sell 500,000 copies, is this about more strategy, more effort, more marketing, or is it about something, an internal shift for you? It's definitely a mixture. Like if you have a bigger goal, you've got to have a different strategy because a strategy to say, make sell 500 books or make $5,000 is going to be different to a strategy to make 500,000. So there is going to be a pivot there. But it's also got to be you honing in and the things that actually drive growth. Because a lot of the time we're convinced that hard work is the key to success. But if that was true, that everyone who worked hard would be successful. Yet there's so many hardworking people living paycheck to paycheck. And that's why you've got to recognize that just doing more time or doing more tasks isn't going to give you a greater result. You've really got to hone it in and be like, what are the few things you can do that have the biggest impact? Yeah. What is really going to help you drive growth? And that's probably going to be a handful of things rather than many things stretching you thin. So it's definitely a mixture of strategy, but then also honing in on what's actually going to move you forward. Yeah. Something I talk about is the 80-20 rule that any success in life is 80% mental mindset, 20% strategy. And I've actually gotten to the point, I think it's more like 90-10. Yes, you have to take action. Yes, you have to create content. Yes, you have to get on podcast or whatever. But I found even more important is like the energy that I bring to my day. If I spend time in the morning filling up my cup, having clear intentions and visuals for the day, that's far more important than just like diving straight into my email and trying, trying to make things happen. Do you know what I mean? 
Yeah. And to anyone listening to this right now who may not fully buy into what you're saying, because there will be some people who are like aren't convinced on the mindset thing and they're like, no, my strategy's broken. The yeah. thing I would point out is you can give a hundred people the exact same strategy but they're all going to get different results. And yeah. what really separates them is their mindset and how they implement and follow through. And that's why I couldn't agree with you more. Like the strategy is there, but it's like, how are you showing up? And are you actually doing the things that are going to get you to where you want to be? Okay. I'm going to give another real world example. And then I, I want to talk about something else. I spoke with a woman a few months ago. She's a top realtor, like the number one realtor in her city, in her region but she's fallen off track. And so she's talked me through all these things. She's got inconsistent habits. She really fell into self-doubt. You know, who am I to do this? And she's like, but I think I need to spend more money on marketing and strategy. And I was like, no, that's actually not the first thing you need to do. You got to get over the self-doubt and the imposter syndrome and get back into consistency before you just go blow more money on marketing. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Because you can go and spend a ton more money on marketing, but if you aren't closing deals and you're not showing up and you're not being confident, people sense them, you're not going to close. Yeah. And that's why, yeah, you really have to get out of your own head first. You need yeah. to figure out what's going on, especially in a situation like that. If you're someone at the beginning and you've never really had any progress, it's probably a little bit different to someone who's already at the top of their game. They need to figure out what's throwing them off course and how do they then turn it around. So yeah, I love the guidance that you gave to her because that's exactly what I would have said as well. Yeah. Okay. So something else we were talking about the subconscious mind. I love how Dr. Bruce Lipton, um, cause if some people maybe don't understand the subconscious mind, but I talk about this a lot. So anyone tuning in would get this, but if somebody is new to this subconscious mind, Dr. Bruce Lipton explains that the current printout of your reality is literally a reflection of your subconscious programming. For example, the money in your bank account is a is a reflection of your money mindset. The um, you know current reflection of your business success again is a reflection of your self image, the subconscious programming. Is there anything else you want to say about the subconscious programming on how to create that identity shift? Yeah. So the thing is that you really need to take some time to bring into awareness what's holding you back. Because if you're not getting the results that you want, something's off. Is it because you're not taking consistent action? Because you're not believing in yourself? You've got doubts and fears. If you don't become aware of what's actually in the way, you're not going to be able to overcome it. And a big part of that does come just from you slowing down and being like, "What? where's this resistance coming from? Why am I not taking action? Why am I avoiding this? Because that's going to give you a better awareness consciously of what's holding you back and then you need to become like really um, aware of when that's actually coming up for you because knowing it and being held back by it are two very different things like you can we can have a conversation we can talk about all the things that you should be doing but if you then go and you fall into those traps it doesn't matter so you have to then become aware of the triggers and when it's coming up and how you need to navigate it differently. Because when you start taking different action and you start changing your beliefs and you see different results, that's how you can start reprogramming the subconscious. It's all about getting awareness of a reoccurring pattern and then taking the action related to it. So just in short, like you need to become aware of where you have these mental blocks and then what is triggering it and what actions do you need to take differently in the future? Yes, I couldn't agree more that the first step to creating change is awareness. So thank you for that. Okay, here's what I want to talk about. Can you break down your seven ways to get out of your own way? 
Yeah. So what I discovered now from working with people in 15 different countries is there are seven mental blocks that keep us stuck and stop us from living the life that we want. Um, I'll give you a real quick overview of all of them, and then we can go into any of the ones that you want to talk about. But the first one is reactivity. So it's where life is happening to you and you're controlled by your emotions. Uh, The second one is fear. It's where you have all those doubts and limiting thoughts that stop you from taking action. Uh, The third one is short-term thinking. So it's where you make decisions based on what you want in the moment at the expense of what you want most. The Mm. fourth one is worrying about problems that haven't happened yet and putting yourself through all that anxiety and stress. Uh, The fifth one is comparing yourself to others. Sixth one is being too hard on yourself. And then finally, the seventh one is putting off your happiness. Okay, so something that came to mind in those first few that you said, I think they all kind of loop into is more or less what I talk about discipline, mental discipline. Have I'm sure you're familiar. Okay, I don't want to assume. Have you ever heard of Napoleon Hill? Yes. <laughs> okay, but I, I've, said, I've said this and people have not heard of the book Think and Grow Rich. So Napoleon Hill is author of Think and Grow Rich, Grow Rich, which tends to be, you know, a lot of people's gateway into personal development. And he's right. Like thoughts become things. But another book he wrote, um, I don't know, have you read um, Unwitting the Outwitting the Devil? I haven't. No, I've read Think and Grow Rich. That was, as you just said, that was one of my gateway books to personal development many, many years ago. But yeah, that's the only one of his books I've read. So I think out what I thought Think and Grow is kind of hard to read. But Outwitting the Devil was something that was printed actually after his death because his wife was afraid of what people would think because of the things he was saying in there. And But ultimately, the message I got out of that book is that our biggest problem in life is an undisciplined mind. You know, the monkey mind, the mental chaos, disempowering thoughts, talking ourselves out of greatness instead of into it. So that's kind of what I got from several of the things you shared can we talk about mental discipline and what that means yeah so i think that relates really well to the fear topic because so often the biggest thing holding people back from the life they want is their fear of what's going to happen are they going to fail are they going to get rejected are they going to get judged or not be good enough that causes them to freeze and stop taking action I'm going into the mental discipline. This goes back to you really need to understand where that fear is coming from. Because one of the most powerful reframes that I found is instead of focusing on what's going to go wrong, you have to start to focus on what are you going to miss out on if you don't take action? What happens if you reach the end of your days and you look back never having gone after your dreams? What happens if you reach the end of the month and because you avoided picking up the phone and calling those potential clients, you can't provide for your family? What happens if 90 days from now, you have to close down your business and you can't impact or help people because you've been putting off actually following through when you can make the pain of not taking action more painful than the pain of what could go wrong suddenly it pushes you to face it because you're like i have to do this and that's really where you can start to get that discipline it's all about then figuring out okay what do i need to do and what do i need to actually then have in place to remove distractions to make sure i stay focused and then get out of my own head so i can actually take action on this Okay, the word I love that you used is a reframe. And I'll give a personal example. I there was I had so much fear when I wanted to quit corporate. And I had this intuitive nudge for months that I was ignoring because I was so afraid, right? To leave a stable paycheck, people are like, you're literally my friends and coworkers were like, you are crazy. Why would you leave a stable paycheck? Um, because I'm miserable in my life. 
But anyway, how I reframed and talked myself into taking that leap of faith was, okay, the worst case scenario is that I quit my job. I take six months off to go do whatever I need to do. And I could always get another job. That's how I talked myself into it. That happened in 2017. I've never gotten another job. So here's what I want to offer people that reframe, but it really is asking better questions. And it's also, instead of, you know, worried about a limited perspective, start asking, I think this comes from rich dad, poor dad, which I have not read, but you know, I've heard people talk about it and it is just asking better questions or different questions. How could I, that guy, you gave an example. Okay. How could I meet a $1.3 million quota? How could I, right? That's the yep. step of talking ourselves into it. Is there any practice you have with that? Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Like you have to learn to ask better questions, but you also need to become aware of what you're actually afraid of. Because so often the way our brain's programmed is we look at problems and we blow them out of proportion. We convince ourselves that there's this huge catastrophe and end of the world. So you really need to break it down and be like, what's actually going on here? What am I really afraid of? Using your example, like it's really easy for a lot of people to sit there and panic and they'd be like, if I quit my job, everything's going to fall apart. Like it's going to be all this huge disaster. When in reality, you're like, worst case, I will just get another job. Like then suddenly it's actually not that big a deal. So you've got to ask yourself, like, is this as big a problem as I'm building up in my mind? What's the best thing that could happen on the other side of that? And knowing that what's most likely, and when you can reframe it and bring it down, that's how you can really relieve a lot of the anxiety that comes with it. Because your mind is just going to the worst case and you overlook the best case or what's probably going to happen. Um, A book that's coming to mind, have you read... Oh, shoot. I'm not thinking of the, it's his second book, How Elrod, Miracle Equation. It's called The Miracle Equation. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I haven't heard of it. So he's the author of the book, Miracle Morning. And then his second one was Miracle Equation. And he shares lots of stories. He used to be in sales. So sales, money, quotas, strategy, whatever. He created this Miracle Equation, which is having unwavering faith. And then I think he called it Extraordinary Effort. Now, again, I don't believe in the hustle and grind mentality, but the point is in that one, the front part of the equation, unwavering faith, right? Like if, if we have unwavering faith that if if I show up and I take action that I'm going to close the deal or I'm going to hit that dollar amount or whatever, how important do you believe that belief, faith, trust is? It's absolutely essential because anyone who's listening to us right now who's an entrepreneur growing a business or got to where they are knows that's a roller coaster ride of ups and downs. And there's going to be so many times where you're going to get punched in the gut and you're going to get knocked down. And if you don't believe that you can make it happen, you're not going to get back up. That's why I believe you have to be a special kind of crazy to be an entrepreneur because most people don't have the mental resilience or mindset to be cut out for it. And I would interject though, that having belief is one thing, but you've also got to make sure that you've got the awareness as to when things aren't working and why. Um, I'll be put my hand up and be a perfect example of this. When I first started my business, I was doing a lot of health-based coaching and I was doing a seven-day no-added sugar challenge where I was putting people in a Facebook group, running paid ads to it, doing seven days of value content and then trying to sell them into this course. And I'll admit that I tried it seven times 
before I realized it wasn't going to work. And it was the definition of insanity was doing the same thing over and over again, hoping for a different result. I had the belief I could make it happen, but because I was blinded to it, I didn't take the time to think like what's actually going on here. And it was only where I could step back. I was like, do you know what? Actually, I haven't asked if I'm trying to sell something people actually want. And when I realized that I was trying, what seemed like a great idea in my mind wasn't what the market desired. That was when I could pivot and try something else and get it to work. So yes, have all the belief in yourself, but also take time to take stock and figure out what isn't working and why, because otherwise you'll just keep repeating the same mistakes and you're going to stay stuck. Okay. So here's my question for you. How do you decipher the difference between, okay, maybe I'm three feet from gold, keep going, keep, you know, th this is a long haul. We're running a marathon here versus, okay, this is not working. This is, you know, insanity. Like you said, doing the same thing over and over, expecting the results. What is the difference between three feet from gold and it's time to pivot? So it comes down to knowing, like, are you getting any traction at all? Like if things are growing, but they're slow, that can be a sign that you need to double down and carry on. But if you're just like banging your head against the wall and nothing's progressing, that's a sign that actually something may be broken. And from there, you may potentially need to go and ask other people. And I'm not saying go and get their judgment and guidance. Like it could be a case from a business sense, go and ask your market, figure out is what you're doing, what's off, ask potential people who didn't buy what was missing from this get some research and insights are going to help you get that clarity because you can then use that to figure out what's wrong because it could just be a few small tweaks that you need to change to get off but if you just hope and that you're going to figure it out it's probably not going to happen so there is that element of knowing when to persevere because you fully believe in it it's going to take time but you also need to see if something just isn't taking off the ground it is a red flag that something's wrong Okay, so whatever reason this is coming to mind. As an example, YouTube is a platform that I use. You know, I post my video content to YouTube and, and audio for podcasting. Now, I have found that we all know short form video content does well. Instagram, TikTok, those blow up. They, they get a lot of traction. Well, I, I didn't realize that YouTube also has that. They call it create a short. So you can upload a short 60 seconds or less. So I started repurposing video content from those platforms to YouTube and my YouTube shorts get way more. We're talking way more uh, views than the long form currently. So in that state, wouldn't it make sense that you keep producing more short form content? In that situation, it really depends what your goals are because short is great to get people in but that long is better at building trust and awareness yeah. so that could be a case of you use short to then get eyeballs on your long but if your long is still generating like viewers and traction it wouldn't necessarily mean throwing the towel and stop doing it but it may be okay i need to balance that maybe i cut down on that slightly and i focus on shorts but then balance that with still having their longer term uh, videos that people are going to go to yeah so yeah, you've got to then make a gut call based on the market and what's going on. 100%. I did not stop the long videos, but I'm creating more short form because you're right. That bring it gets more people in the door, greater access. Okay, so something else I want to ask you about is um, how in this process of an identity shift and awareness, understanding that you can either be like your own worst critic or your number one cheerleader. And I would say generally people are their own worst critic. 
Now, I think there's a difference of being your own worst critic and like knowing you could do more or or be more. But when it comes down to disempowering and beating yourself up, how can we help people to stop being their own worst enemy and become your number one cheerleader? Yeah, so I pretty much anyone listening to this is probably going to fall into this trap because they're in, clearly into personal development and bettering themselves. And that's why you're always striving for more. But the problem is while being your own harshest critic is no doubt a great motivator, it's never going to lead to any real happiness because no matter what you do, there's always going to have been this possibility that you could have done better. You could have done more. You could have avoided mistakes. So if you're always dwelling on the things you do wrong, mm-hmm. it's just going to constantly challenge your confidence and self-worth. And that's why there's two strategies that I love to use with this. Whenever you're going into a new project, you always have to set what I call an at-peace outcome. So this is deciding in advance, what is the outcome that if it happened, even though it's not going to be perfect, I would feel at peace with it. That allows you to go in having a standard that you know it's it's good enough. And yes, it may have some flaws, but that's okay. The second one is to reframe the negatives into opportunities. So I had this with a client recently where her and her team delivered a project and all she was focusing on was the mistakes. She was like, we should have done that better. We should have done that. We should have done that. And I had a challenge and be like, do you know what? That's a good thing because now you've got clarity on what you do next time to do it even better. Yeah. And you can view it as this positive of this is going to give you insights that the next time you go to that customer with another project, they're going to get blown away by being even more incredible. And she's like, yeah, you're right. Like we can now rather we can keep raising the standard and the bar because of the clarity we gain. But because she was just viewing it in a negative light, focusing on what she couldn't change, she was just dwelling on it and being herself up. Yeah. And whatever you focus on expands. So if you keep focusing on the suck and what's not working, you you stay stuck in this vicious negative feedback loop. Yep, that's exactly it. It's like what you focus on, you get more of. And if you keep focusing on what's wrong or what's missing or what's not good enough, you're never going to see the positives. And I know people listening to this, they probably have a challenge. Like they can be like, yeah, this this makes sense, but it's still something that they can't accept. And that's why I'm not telling you to lower your goals and standards and expectations, but you have to learn to balance what you're trying to achieve with knowing when you've shown up and done your best. Because sometimes it's okay to cut yourself some slack, to just know within yourself, like I tried my best. Yes, it could have been a little bit better, but that's okay. And for me personally, accepting that was the big turning point in my life. It's where I could move away from constantly being myself up and dwelling on what went wrong. I'd being at peace of knowing, do you know what? I've done good here. Yes, it could have been a little bit better, but I've shown up, I've put in the work and that's all that matters. Do you do anything to celebrate your wins? Yeah, one thing my girlfriend is really good at, because this is something I've been terrible at over the years. So she's actively been pushing me whenever I have big wins that we do something to celebrate. Like one practice I love that she incorporated is we have a wins board in one of the offices where every single week we take some time, we take post-it notes and we write down the wins that we had that week and the positive things that happen. We also, whenever there's a big milestone or a celebration, we make sure we go out for dinner. We do something fun to just be like, let's just mark the occasion. Even yeah. if we just sit together and talk about it and just enjoy it and be like, do you know what? This is a huge thing. Even if it's something that's not massive, it's just being like, do you know what? This is a positive. Like this really went right. Like let's just take some time to celebrate it. 
I have to share what I do. Um, I actually got this from Selling Sunset. I don't know if you watch it, but it's a series on Netflix. No, it's, I've heard um, of it, but I haven't seen it. High-end luxury real estate in Southern California. But what Selling Sunset does is anytime they close a deal, which these are multi-million dollar real estate deals, but they ring this huge gold bell. So I got myself a gold bell from Amazon now. It's just a hand one, but literally I celebrate all kinds of wins. New YouTube subscribers, new clients, uh, a, a new outreach, whatever it is. Like I need, I am training my mind to find the good and celebrate those little things because then you get more things to celebrate, right? When you're in a state of gratitude, you find or receive more things to be grateful for. I absolutely love that. And the thing I just want to point out to anyone listening to this, that's so important about what you said, is it's celebrating the little things. Because yeah. so many people don't recognize that all progress along the way is progress. But yeah. if you're always just focusing on, okay, the only win is when I close that big deal and I learn, earn X amount of money, like all of these big milestones, you're overlooking so many things that went right. And that's why when you do celebrate that new subscriber, that new outreach, whatever it is, that's how you can start bringing more positivity. And it also makes the journey worthwhile. Because otherwise, if you're just focusing on, okay, the win is going to be a month from now, you're just putting yourself through all of the stress of nothing's grown good or anything else in between. And you're just going to get pulled into what's going wrong. So yeah, I love that you're doing that. Okay, here's what I want to ask from you. What are some daily rituals you are doing to help you stay forward focused that when you're human, when you fall off track, you get back on? What are you doing? So one thing I do every single morning is I take a little bit of time just to reconnect with my goals and what I'm trying to do. And the reason why I believe this is so important is a lot of people set goals and targets. They get really motivated and then they put them aside and they just get busy and pulled into life and then they forget about it. Like New Year's resolution is they have great intentions, but yeah. then life gets in the way and they never follow through. Yeah. And that's why I found that if you take some time every single morning to show yourself, this is what I need to do. This is why I need to show up. That can be the motivator on the days you don't want to take action. Um, perfect example is for the last few months, a big part of what I've been doing is filming daily TikToks and Instagram videos because we're in the book campaign and that's a big part of our promotion strategy. And I've had so many days that I've not wanted to do it. I was like, I do not feel like this today. And yeah. one of the big goals for the book is we want to hit the New York Times. So I've actually printed it out and I've got it on my desk in front of me, like a picture of the New York Times bestseller logo. And I have that down in front of me. And every time I like look at it, I'm like, this is why I need to take action. This is what motivates me and pushes me to follow through. It's like, that's one of the things that just consciously keeps me aware of, okay, this is what needs to go on. The other big one is to setting a clear intention. Like one of my favorite questions to ask is what needs to happen by 6 p.m. today for today to be a success? And then I use that to then reverse engineer my day and be like, these are the things I need to move forward. These are the key objectives, tasks, things I actually need to get done that'll help me actually feel like it was a successful day. Like using that as a clear intention can be so powerful and making sure you focus on the right things. Here's what I want to highlight. You know, I don't believe that quote successful or millionaires are lucky. They are doing things differently. And the two things you highlighted there you have focus and you have intention and anybody can implement those into their life. Yeah. And intentions, what are so many people are missing? Like they've got big visions and desires, but they're not intentional with it. Right. And that's why you really need to break it down and think out, okay, what do you actually need to do and where are you spending your time and what's going to move you forward? 
Because if you don't, you're just going to be all over the place and time's going to pass you by. Yeah. Okay, here's what I want to ask you. Because the big thing about me doing podcasting, I found myself down the rabbit hole. I had become a self-help junkie. I was constantly consuming all the podcasts, courses, going to seminars, whatever, but I wasn't implementing. So I really love to give a key, a tangible takeaway. If you just implement this one thing that can change your life. So what do you believe is a key takeaway you want listeners to get? Yep. This is going to sound really obvious, but create a plan. Yeah. Like you'd be amazed at how many people I work with who even CEOs running billion dollar businesses who don't have a plan for what they're doing. Like they're just reactive. Life is happening to them. They're figuring out along the way. Mm-hmm. And this is why you really need to just sit down and be like, okay, this is what I want to achieve. What is my plan to make it happen? What are the actions I need to take? What things do I need to do every single day? What potential challenges might come up that I need to be able to focus on overcoming? If you can get a clear plan, that's going to make all the difference in the world. But so many people like yourself and the, and my me in the past as well, go into personal development and they read all these books and they read these courses and they just get overwhelmed because there's so many competing ideas that they don't know where to begin. And this is why you really, while it's great to do all that stuff, you just need a clear focus of, okay, this is what I'm striving towards. And going back to what I said earlier, think about where do you want to be in 90 days? Don't overthink it. Just be like, that's the goal. Because if you don't have a target to aim for, you're going to miss and then just break it down and be like, what do I need to do in order to get there? Reverse engineer it and then figure out what is the first step and then push yourself to face it. I love that because I think, well, and the mind does it too, but people want to complicate things. And I, I want people to know that change is simple. It's not necessarily easy, but it's simple. And and all you're saying is create clarity, a vision, show up every single day and, and chunk it down like one thing at a time. And that's how you get out of procrastination, analysis, paralysis, et cetera. Yeah. It's also, if you focus too far in the future, it's incredibly overwhelming. It's like, if I said to you, like, oh, I want to run a marathon, but I've never done any running before. Like, I'm probably just going to be overwhelmed and not do anything about it. Whereas if I have that end result, I think about, okay, what's the first step? Well, the first thing I need to do is go out for a jog. I need to start jogging a few days a week to start building my cardio and getting better. Then the week after, maybe I need to run a little bit further. And all of a sudden, it seems manageable because it's like, I just need to do this one thing. And it's the same as if you want to start building an audience online rather than focusing, I need to have all these things in place to do all these things. Focus on doing that first video, that first podcast. Start taking action. That's how you're going to build your confidence. And it's how you're also going to get momentum. Yes. For sure. I love that. Okay. So I'd love to wrap up the interview and I have a few rapid fire questions. Go for it. <clears throat> what is a quote or motto that you live by? Don't regret the things you didn't do. Like for me, regret is my big driver in life. It's like, I never want to look back wishing I did things differently. Or the woulda, coulda, shoulda game, right? Yeah, Exactly. What is a book you're currently reading or highly recommend? So most of the books I'm reading at the moment are actually investment books. Um, I'm kind of reading less personal development books just because I'm so involved in the space that I'm spending a lot of time just learning on finances and wealth creation and that side. So um, a book I'm reading at the moment that's fantastic is One Up on Wall Street. It's all about investment strategy and stock picking. And yeah, I've been just really interested in getting involved in that world. Fair enough. All right. Final question. What advice would you give your younger self? 
just go for it. I think so much of my life I spent watching from the sidelines. I would always talk myself out of reasons why it couldn't be done. And I was just a passenger in life. And it was only when I really started putting myself out there that I saw that I was far more capable than I was giving myself credit for. And that just goes back to that central message of you're going to regret the things that you don't do far more than the things that you do do. And that's why I wish I could just say to myself, go, just start living life, put yourself out there. And that's how you'll find yourself along the way. Shout it from the rooftops. I love that message. Byron, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me here. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. I'd love it if you could leave me a review and remember to subscribe and share this episode with your friends. If you haven't yet, connect with me on the social platforms. You can add me on Instagram at heather.hakes and subscribe to my YouTube channel. I'll catch you on the next episode.